Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the state of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the state of California, along with Pat Thurston and Brett Burkhart. There could be a big shuffle coming to the Democrats' traditional presidential primary calendar. And it is designed to help the incumbent president or the Californian position to run if he doesn't. Yeah, we're talking about President Biden's plan to shake up the primary schedule, ditching Iowa and its caucus and bumping New Hampshire from its usual spot as the first primary. Biden's proposal, already approved by a committee within the Democratic National Committee, is to begin the 2024 nominating process with the South Carolina primary and then hold the Nevada and New Hampshire primaries three days later, followed by Georgia and Michigan. The Iowa caucuses would no longer bat leadoff. They would lose their outsized influence in the process. Meanwhile, the Republicans are sticking with the current calendar. They'll begin with Iowa and then have the New Hampshire primary and then Nevada and South Carolina. The full DNC still has to ratify this shift for the Democrats. For more on what this could all mean, we're joined live today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Gary South, the longtime California Democratic strategist and consultant who ran two winning campaigns as governor here. Thanks for being with us once again, Gary. All right, so Joe Biden struggled last time in Iowa and New Hampshire, and, and then he saved his campaign and ultimately won the nomination because of his big win in South Carolina. So at first blush, is this a matter of, you know, rigging the calendar to his own benefit in 2024? Well, I'm not sure I would use the term rigging. I, I, would, say, <laughs> I would say along with a lot of other Democrats, it's about time. I mean, to start the nominating process for president of the United States on the Democratic side in a lily white state like Iowa, where they're more tractors than voters, probably, uh, didn't make any sense. And in addition to that, the way Iowans uh, conduct their primaries through caucuses, which are very, very organizationally and ground game intensive, just doesn't make sense that early um, in, in the primary season. And so, you know, when Biden eventually, is, as you alluded to, I mean, Biden, Biden's candidacy in 2020 was really resurrected in South Carolina after he he flubbed in both the Iowa caucuses where he got I believe 13.7 percent of the vote and then the New Hampshire primary where he only got 8.4 percent of the vote so I do think this is personal for him but I also believe that it's just time for Democrats to move on and not put our candidate field through that grinder that the New Han- the, the Iowa caucuses have have always represented. Can this give you a little bit of a crystal ball? I mean, what does this tell you about whether President Biden does intend to run again? There's been so much speculation that he may not. I do think he intends to run, and I take him at his word. I mean, he's let drop that the First Lady, uh, Jill Biden, has has agreed to you know go along with his running for reelection. I mean, it you know, it, as a Democrat, as a human being, it does make me a bit nervous to have someone who will be 81 years old when he runs, he'll be 82 about a month after the election in 2024, 
I think someone of that age, clearly, and you know, I I've have I have relatives that age, I have brothers that age, and you can still be sharp when you're in your 80s, but you do lose a step, and there's health problems that that often come up, so it does make me nervous. But what also would make me even more nervous is to have him step out of the picture and have a full blown democratic field again running for president in 2024, which I do not think is particularly healthy for the party. Gary, I, I'm I'm a little bit perplexed by this. It sounds as if the main reason for wanting to move the first primary has more to do about race than anything else. The you know the comple- complexion of the of the electorate. How, you know, you're talking about Democrats competing against Democrats. How does it benefit the party to move the first primary to South Carolina? Because I believe the Demo- not not South Carolina as a state which is deeply red, uh, and it's not, it's not competitive in presidential elections. But I believe that the Democratic constituency in South Carolina is far more reflective of the Democratic constituency overall than certainly the Democratic voters in Iowa are. And so I believe that in, in the final analysis, we need to start our process in a state that has a large black population because black voters are an essential constituent element of the Democratic base electorate. Okay, someone we haven't really mentioned yet, Kamala Harris. Uh, she would benefit also from the larger black population, especially black women who make up a large part of the Democratic electorate in South Carolina. Uh, if Biden doesn't run, uh, this sort of sets, certainly sets things up better for her, doesn't it? You know, I think that's kind of the common wisdom. Um, I have to say that I'm a doubter with respect to Kamala Harris, and I I deeply respect and honor the fact she's the first female vice president in the history of the United States and that she's the first black vice president, the first vice president of color. She's a historical figure. But if you look at the way she ran her campaign in 2019-2020, it was an it was a bust and it it had very little to do with what what the constituencies looked like in the states that she was going to compete in. We don't really know how she would have done because she got out before a single vote was cast. But her campaign was was pretty abysmally run in in the 2020 uh, election process. And I don't know necessarily that because you run for president once and you do it very badly, that you learn your lessons and you come back and do it brilliantly the next time. That certainly wasn't the case with Hillary Clinton um, from her 2008 run, which which fa- where she where she failed, and then. Uh, she went into the primaries in 2016 as the odds-on favorite, but she found herself struggling again in the primaries against a, I mean, with all due respect, a disheveled, grumpy, uh, ranting and raving 74, 75-year-old man who wasn't even a Democrat but was a Democratic Socialist from the second least populated state in the country, and she failed to put him away until he had won 23 primaries and caucuses against her. So. You know, and then we know what what happened in the general election, where she lost to the worst candidate that Republicans had probably ever put up, and the worst president we've ever had. So, the the fact is, the lesson is, at least to me as a Democrat, is that once someone runs a lousy campaign for president, the next one doesn't necessarily or automatically get better. And I think you could put Kamala Harris in that category. Gary, I'm going to go back to um, my question about you know why South Carolina. If you want a really diverse electorate. 
why not go to a blue state? Why not California, where you have a whole lot of Democrats? And it seems like a much more important state in the in the general election. It should be an important state in the primaries. Why not make California the first for Democrats? It's a practical reason, and it is that you need to start this process in a smaller state where you don't have to have massive amounts of resources in order to compete as a Democrat running for president. Iowa was certainly in that category, although... Uh, given the fact it was a caucus state, not a primary state, you had to have a pretty enormous ground game there in order to pull people into these caucuses, sometimes in, you know, in the middle of the winter. But, but I don't think that starting in California does anyone any good. Um, it's, it's a huge state. I mean, people, you know, I tell people this, for reporters who call from, you know, Washington and New York and all that, and even from Britain and overseas, I mean, you have to look at the, at the scale of California. We have more registered voters living in California than there are people living in, in 47 of the other 49 states. We have t- over 20 million registered voters here. We have the second most, Im- most expensive media market in the country in Los Angeles. We have the fourth most expensive media market in the country in the Bay Area. And starting a nominating process in a state this vast with this many voters and where media is so expensive is just not a good practical decision. So it has to, I think, be started in a smaller state where geographically candidates are able to get all over the place, meet voters one-on-one, meet them in house parties, backyard parties, tailgate parties, whatever kind of parties you want, rather than a mega state like California, which has more people, by the way, than Canada and more people than live in Australia. Too big it's too big of a state. The scale here is too huge, I think, to start our Democratic nominating process here. All right. Well, thank you so much. Obviously, we'll be talking about this a lot over the next couple of years. California Democratic strategist Gary South, thanks for being with us. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 